Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. Joining in on the conversation this week is Dr. Inga Young, an acupuncture physician, naturopath, author of the best-selling book, Finding Your Lost Child, and creator of the Allergy Kit. When Dr. Inga reached out to the show, her message was pretty straightforward. Her mission and purpose is to get health back into the hands of the people. And if you've spent any time around the HTC community, you know that that's a message we can get behind. In 1998, she started treating for allergies with a system called NAIT, or N-A-E-T. And while Dr. Inga found it to be an excellent protocol yielding great results, it took a lot of time and many visits. So many patients didn't finish their treatments due to lack of time and money. Add in families having more than one child and allergies themselves, it was clear to her that she needed to do something different. Around the year 2000, Dr. Inga started to experiment and research other methods to speed up the process and began working on a protocol and system the patients could do themselves. And in 2006, the allergy kit was born. As you listen to our conversation with Dr. Inga, please keep in mind that this podcast is strictly for information and educational use only. It's never intended to diagnose, treat, or provide medical advice of any sort. We do occasionally discuss sensitive content and subject matter, and we'll always do our best to let you know what to expect before listening. After this episode, if you'd like to know more, watch clips from our time with Dr. Inga, or order your own allergy kit, head on over to htcpod.com to get connected to it all. How's your sleep lately? As a trainer, the subject of sleep is often a main topic of discussion. Nobody sleeps perfectly every night, but I have to tell you, I've never slept better than I have since I've discovered the Chili Pad. Chili Pad is a mattress pad that uses cooling technology to keep your bed at exactly the temperature you want all night long. You can set it as low as 55 degrees, like my furnace of a fiance does, or take it all the way up to 95 if you have no problem staying cold on your own. Our bodies need a dark and cool atmosphere to get the most out of our sleep, and the Chili Pad has been one of my favorite sleep hacks to do just that. Go to ChiliPad.com to learn more about the Chili Pad and its upgrade, the Uller. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-A-D.com. They even offer a new chili-weighted blanket to keep you calm and cool all night long. If you like what you see, use the code HAVETHECONVO for a special discount at checkout. That's all one word, HAVETHECONVO, for discounts off your new Chili Pad. Sleep tight. So you have a very, very impressive background and resume to me. I want to walk through it a little bit and you can stop and correct me if I have any of the information wrong, but I want to kind of get to where you're at now with the allergykit.com, but you graduated as a chemical engineer. You studied traditional Chinese medicine and you're an acupuncture physician or you have that certification. Yeah, that is here in Florida. We don't have uh, natural paths. They don't, it's no license. So I am licensed and that licensed acupuncture physician. That's my licensure. So first of all, some people didn't have the expected results and it could sometimes be with aches and pains, headaches or shoulder pain or sciatica. And uh, so I started to, I took tons of classes in everything and uh, found NAET, which is Nambuji Pads Allergy elimination technique. Uh, she invented this now many years ago and uh, has practitioners who 
practice her system. The only thing is that, so I took her classes and um, some people have, for example, more than one child. Really, if one is allergic in the family, they all are. And um, it took a lot of money because it took like 15 treatments before you could do anything. It was like the basic treatments. So it took more time and it also took money. And I often, I mean, it happened that I ended up treating a whole family and charged for one. And uh, wow, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone, really. <laughs> yeah, really. So also there were many people that lived, you know, two hours away or, or more. And some people even more so they could never go to a practitioner. So that's why I wanted to create something that they could do on themselves, on themselves or on their children. So I started to experiment and research and practice. And like, I started with that like in 2000, 2001. And then in 2006, I had my first kit ready to launch and launched it on the internet as a WooCommerce product. And uh, helped thousands of people with that. How did you develop these kits? Where did you start with that? Well, I started really with the knowledge from Nate, but it's a, I have a different protocol, so it's not a copy. It's the same idea. I think everything comes from the same idea, basically. Yeah. And uh, so it's the same principle, but uh, with NAET, you do one thing at a time. And so I started to put things together and I found that, first of all, if they had a reaction, they had lesser reaction when there were more things mixed. Second, they got results faster. And that was really what I wanted, plus that they could do it in themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What types of patients come to you with, with the, is, is it various allergies? Is it mainly seasonal? I know you offer many, many kits. So who's your typical patient? Well, now after COVID, I really haven't uh, seen that many. I still have an office, but I have too much to do with the allergy kit. That's good. So I would have uh, autism kids. And uh, that was very hard, very difficult to have autism kids in the office. So I tried to, that was also one thing why I wanted it to be separate. So I could, they could do it themselves. And then they could come in once a week and check if what they did had uh, sort of stuck, so mm -hmm. to speak. Results are that quick? It's quick. Yes, it is quick. So, I mean, they don't do the whole kit at once. They have to wait two hours between. And if they have any kind of reaction, it can be a headache or he's feeling tired or something like that. Then I just tell them, wait until you feel fine again. What is in a kit? It is, well, I, I'll show you what it comes with. Beautiful. Yeah, so these are different vials and it comes with a laser. So start from the beginning. I have a basic kit that's called the allergy kit. And then I have food kit, uh, environmental kit, emotion kit, autism kit. They all have the first seven vials in them because that's where they have to start. People sometimes think they don't have allergies to the things that is in the first seven vials, but I think everybody does. Mm -hmm. 
So the first file, for example, contains the frequencies of egg, chicken, milk, dairy, calcium, vitamin C, and parasites. The reason is because I sometimes have vegans, I say, I don't eat chicken, I don't eat eggs. We came from an egg. So it is like the basic, basic protein we have to absorb. So that's the egg and chicken. And then when we are born, we get milk. When babies start to eat, they get vitamin C. And we are all warm-blooded animals and we have top parasites. Even if we don't think so. And even if they don't find it on the stools, but I mean, I think it's different now that I found about the microbiome, mm -hmm. which we are a host to, and I don't know that much about it. But it's very important to keep that in balance. So that's the first treatment. So then they do that together with a stress guide, because that was something I realized when I was treating people. Some people were so tense, they didn't really receive the treatment, if you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> I, created a stress vibe and had much better results. And I think also because when we have anything, if it's allergies or cold or whatever it is, every cell is under stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So by treating with a stress vibe, the treatments were better absorbed. How do people use these vials? So that's why I was talking about the stress vibe because you use the stress vibe together with with the vial they are using. In this case, if we start, it's vial number one. And then um, you use a Q-tip and you lick lightly on the Q-tip and you put them together with the vials. Uh, I like to put them upside down over the belly button. And then you take the laser and you shine through the vials first for 30 seconds. Then you go to the head and you go over the head seven times. So one back and forth is one round. So you do that seven times. You shine the, um, you know, because the, it's a midline, it's connected to the spine, it's connected to all the nerves and organs in the body through the head. And the same with the ears. So you do seven seconds on each ear because on the ear, we have all the organs, like the meridians. The ear is shaped like a kitty, shaped like an upside down baby. Interesting. So that's uh, when I treat, when I do acupuncture, I use the ears a lot. And then you go back to the belly button for 30 seconds, do the head again, seven times and the ears and end up with 30 seconds on the belly button. And then you finish by shining the laser on the four gates, which is the large intestine four. And then the corresponding, you know, between the thumb and the forefinger. And then you go to the corresponding foot, the, the left, start with the left hand, go to the left foot between the, on the web between the big toe and the second toe, which is liver three. Then you go to the right foot, right hand, and close the circuit by doing it on the left hand and right hand. And you sit with them for five minutes, and then you put the vibes away, wash your hands or rub your hands, and preferably do the treatment in the evening after you have eaten. You also get relaxed from it. Some people sleep very good after the treatments. And that's the treatment. And then you wait 48 hours before you do the next. And the next morning you can have whatever you were treating for. Only if you have very bad, you know, if you have very bad reactions or for example, for eggs or milk, wait 
couple of days and make sure it has stuck or take just a small piece to try. And if you have still have some kind of reaction, treat it again. That's the good thing by having the kit because you can you do it again. And of course, I would love every person to do some kind of muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So what is the significance of the laser? Like what, what is it doing when you're putting it on all these spots? It makes the uh, energy go into the body. So instead of putting a needle in, the laser, the red cold laser transfers the energy into the body. Wow. It's pretty amazing because if I do muscle testing first, for example, for the first five, and they just go down, and I do the treatment and afterwards they're strong. Wow. It's immediate. And why do you want the energy to go into these places? My baseline level of knowledge here is. <laughs> yes. Well, we all have, every organ has their own frequency. So if you have an allergy, there is a certain frequency. For example, let's say the, the vial number one, which has the egg and chicken and milk and sea and, and parasites. They have a certain frequency. So when you do this treatment, with the laser and with the frequencies in the water in the file that you never open, by the way, that eliminates these frequencies. It kind of evens each other out. And that homeostasis, that balance to be able to start to rebuild. So if people are taking these or do a vial and they do have a reaction, you said that they can almost immediately try it again. I mean, you wait a few days and then- no, you, no, always wait 48, 48 hours. 48 hours, okay, 48 hours. Because even if you don't have a reaction, there is there are things going on in the body. That's what I wanted, that elimination process. What are some of the things that you see during those cases when, when they maybe have a stronger allergy than they realized? Well, that is true. Sometimes when you do this um, treatment, they can have a reaction, but normally you don't have the same. And if you have a reaction, that's when I recommend, for example, also with kids, that you treat with a surrogate, which means that you treat yourself to have the Q-tip, for example, say it's a small child. Mm -hmm. So you make the, the child lick on the, on the Q-tip, put it in his belly button, and then you put the vials on your belly button, and you treat yourself while the child is in physical contact with you. It can be he's holding his arm, or it can be that you're just sitting close by, or you can sit, for example, some kids, especially on the spectrum, they are unruly. You can do it when they're asleep and just be in contact with them. And it doesn't affect the, the person who does it. Wow. It would only help like the surrogate, the, it could only help them potentially, correct? No, because the intention is to treat the child or the person, so it doesn't affect them at all. You're just a conduit. Okay. But you always have that, you always have the intention that we are going to treat whatever the person's name is or the child's name is and, and keep that intention. You know, intention is so important in everything. Yes. Mm. Yes. I'm learning that. <laughs> yeah. How did you start getting involved with kids on the spectrum? What made you interested? It was pure chance, really. I had one kid who came in, and this is over 20 years ago, and I really didn't know anything about autism. I had heard about 
hyperactive kids. They didn't even say ADD or ADHD. And um, then I got somebody who came in. It was really the grandmother of the father. I had treated her. She was very sick. I saw her like in 98 or 97. And uh, she was very sick and her, nobody could figure out what it was. And then she told me she had been bitten by a spider at some point and she had insisted to the doctors that that is when it happened, when she just started to get sick and sicker and sicker. So I treated her first for the basic and then for the spider. And that was just like magic. Really? Wow. Yeah. And then she sent me her son, who was a policeman, because he had sciatica that he couldn't get over. And I gave him one treatment, but I didn't treat him for allergies because it was before I was aware of uh, the connection. But I treated him once and he was fine and I never saw him again. <laughs> wow. And then he came in with his son. I think the mother came in first. And uh, the grandmother again said, go to Dr. Inga. Because this kid was five years old. His speech was not good. He had at least seven temper tantrums a day. He wouldn't have certain shoes. He wouldn't have certain clothes. And he was always, always in a meltdown state. And uh, I treated him. And sometimes in the beginning, because he was first thing, first time when he came, he was making a lot of noise. His mother pulled up off of her purse, like a three foot red gummy snake. And I just said, oh. <laughs> Yeah, bribery at its finest. That explains <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he was fine for 10 minutes while we spoke. And then, of course, he was 10 pounds worse. <laughs> yes. So in the beginning, uh, I treated him. His grandmother had to come in. So we were three people because he wouldn't sit still. So he would was first, and then his mother would hold it, hold on to him while we were walking around. And I had held on to the grandmother and treated her. Mm -hmm. Had to hit it from all sides. <laughs> so that was a, one of those surrogate situations. Yes, exactly. So I had two. I had two surrogates. I had one in between because if I couldn't. He was moving too much. So, um, and he after a few treatments. He started talking, his temper tantrums went away, and he eventually was uh, totally, totally fine. His grandmother used to call me once a year, about once a year, and thank me and said, you saved my grandson. Oh, wow. wow. Then the father came in about 10 years later for something else, I don't remember. And I said, isn't it great that he isn't autistic anymore? Autistic? He was never autistic, <sighs> but he was going to Dan Marino Special School for Autism. That sounds like a lot of denial. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning, and then then kids came in, and uh, that's when I realized I couldn't really treat them in my office and uh, to have. But it, it's all in the same in the kit. Well, that was that's when I developed the kit mm -hmm. during that time. So I saw okay. kids uh, in the office while I was working on, because I didn't really treat autism because I had a normal acupuncture clinic, yeah. so to speak. What made me treat everybody was that I had a patient who would come in uh, 
twice a year, maybe because he had a neck pain or a back pain. And one day in January, he almost crawled in. He had somebody who drove him and who helped him walk. He had a sciatic attack. And I did four different acupuncture treatments, nothing helped. Then it just occurred to me to ask if he had had coffee. Do you drink coffee? I said, oh, it's funny that you should say that. And it was cold this morning and my boss gave me two Cuban coffees. So he drank the coffees and then a couple of hours later, he turned around to pick down an empty box, didn't even weigh anything. And that's how he got stuck, he couldn't move. So I treated him for coffee and like this, the pain went away. Wow. So when you're saying treatments during all these with the autistic boy and with this guy who had his problem with coffee, are you talking about acupuncture treatments specifically? No. So with the boy, for example, I did not do acupuncture. Well, I did acutonics. I did tuning forks on him because I realized when I did tuning forks on his back, he got totally almost limp. He just... Ah. Balances that energy out where he was high strung, he was able to release. Exactly. And he was used to be so high strung all the time that when it happened, it just poop. Yeah. Callie, you've talked about your mom's into tuning forks, right? Yeah. Can you explain tuning forks? I'll let you know, because I will I will butcher it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's for the doctor. <laughs> well, I use something called acutonics and uh, it's a uh, an acupuncture physician who put it together. So she put together the frequencies according to the planets. And uh, so there are lower frequencies and higher frequencies, but it's a whole series of different planets. And it's the same thing. It's also vibration. And you put the vibration in to the body. And uh, some say that first time you put the frequencies in, it starts like a wave that, that never stops. It's almost like in the ocean that never stops. And we are, we have a lot of water in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So the different frequencies, the different planets, they are for different things. For example, we have the uh, earth energy, which is like the 24 hour that the earth goes around the sun, you know, 24 hours. And that is like, giving them energy is like having a cup of coffee. And then we have others also energies and they are deeper and they are from when they, the bigger zodiac uh, turns and returns and that works with pain. And others, they work to just calm you down. They all calm you down. Mm -hmm. That grounding energy. Yeah, grounding and uh, Freeing. Yeah. So I, I often use them for people who don't like it's just that the horses so that they get so hooked on them that they don't want to needles. They want the acupuncture. I've always and been intrigued by acupuncture. I've never, I've never done done it though. Oh, you should. What are the benefits? There are tons of benefits. Yeah, pain is one thing, but just relax. It doesn't matter what you come in for. It's so relaxing. And it is an organ um, organ system oriented energy or medicine. And uh, they have 
found, I mean, they have found, first of all, that emergence exists. And second, that so many things that the Chinese said thousands of years ago, that this treats this, so this works on this. You can take, for example, the spleen. Mm -hmm. The spleen in Chinese, in, in Chinese medicine, you don't have a pancreas. I mean, they didn't know what that was. But spleen, if that is deficient, you will get sweet cravings and often go for sugar. Uh, now something's wrong with my spleen. <laughs> so the spleen, is in, the spleen is in charge of, if you take the pancreas in there, or the insulin regulation is in charge of immune system, is in charge of blood production, so many things. And uh, in the beginning that, I think still many, many doctors, so many allopathically inclined people, they think it's bull, but it's, mm. it's amazing. One guy, for example, who had a stroke, mm -hmm. it's the best thing for strokes, by the way, if you do it very soon after. But he had an eye that was hanging. He couldn't, he couldn't open that eye. And um, so there is a point on the leg, on the outside of the ankle, that is an eye point. So I stuck the needle in, in that point, and his eye just opened. Wow, <laughs> that would be so cool. For example, and he had that for years. His eye was hanging for years after his stroke. Yes. And he had just never tried acupuncture before? No. Wow. Because normally people go to the hospital. Yeah. That was my next question. Why do you think that that is? Why are people so resistant to like Chinese medicine or alternate medicine? Uh, no money in, the, in it for them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think that's the thing. And, and doubt. And yeah. Thinking it is it's not worthy. But in China, for example, medical doctors, there are acupuncturists too. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it from all angles, not just have a pill. Yeah. yeah. I did have a question. So when you said in your allergy kits, for example, you used vial one has the frequency of chicken and eggs. Like what, what does that mean? It means that everything has a frequency. Everything, our bodies, our organs, any illness has a vibration. My cup has a vibration. Everything has a vibration and it's higher or lower. Of course, what we can touch is, is a lower frequency. Like an elephant, for example, is a much lower energy than a colibri. Mm -hmm. So when these energies get stuck, which they sometimes do with emotions also. Yeah, talk to me about that. How is it different? Because I think when people think allergies, they I know for me, sometimes it's just like seasonal. It's the hives, the itching. What are some other blocks that can be benefited from the allergy kit? Well, first of all, it can be all the direct allergies, how people react to eggs or, or whatever it is, or sugar, which... Sugar is a kind of specific thing because it is, sugar is in everything. So people want sugar, they crave sugar. I think it all started, I really think the worst started when they came out with a fat-free food and they added sugar instead. And people thought they could eat as much as they wanted because there was no fat. You don't get yeah. fat from fat, you get fat from sugar. I read a book about that recently called The Big Fat Surprise about all the studies by Ansel Keys that led to the food pyramid and prioritizing carbs. And it's yeah. unbelievable. 
and how, how the cocoon pyramid is totally upside down. Mm -hmm. And so with the sugar, first of all, when you consume a lot of sugar, you also feed the candida bacteria, mm -hmm. which uh, when it is in balance, it's good. But as soon as it starts to get overgrown, they crave sugar. So that what happens is when people try to go off of sugar, they can't because these little critters are sitting there, give me sugar, give me sugar, I can't keep dying. <laughs> so it's so hard. And then with the bacteria, with it, when it's overgrown, they get candida, which can be anything from toenail fungus to uh, vaginal discharge to uh, depression, digestive disorders, all kinds of stuff that happens when you have candida. So because it is so addictive, really, I think we can call it an addiction. Definitely. <laughs> Some people say it's harder to go off of sugar. I mean, you see how many people in the U.S. are obese, and you can't help but see the connection there. It's definitely an addiction. Yes. So that is the sugar. And when you do the kit, once you do the sugar and it sticks, that's what I call it, when it sticks, uh, it sometimes can take two or three or four or five sessions, treatments with number two vitamin, which is the second, because it's the second one. Once it has stuck, then you know, because you don't have any cravings. I remember one patient I had with horrible sweet cravings, and she had, you know, she would get the box of chocolate, and she was intentional, she had only one piece, and she ended up eating the whole box. I think a lot of people, yeah. Of Been people. there, yeah. So I, I treated her several times for the sugar. And then one day she came in and she said, I can't believe it. I had one piece and I didn't even want anymore. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's a gift that you're able to give these people. Mm -hmm. So then, then if we go on, what is more in the kit, in the basic kit, is number three is a treatment for toxins. We are all toxic. <laughs> Agree. We breathe. <laughs> some more than others. And babies today are born with, some say 200, others say up to 500 different chemicals and toxins in their umbilical cord. And that should not be. And is that just because of our diets or plastics or? Everything. Glyphosate. Mm. So, uh, so it's very important to do the toxins, you know, that could probably be treated different times too during the, the year, once a, a month or so. And then number four is vaccines. And uh, specifically with kids on the spectrum, they see a, a difference. But it happens even with grown-ups that they feel a change after treatment number four, which is for vaccines. That's a hot topic right now. <laughs> yeah. So... These treatments, though, the sugar one, it's not killing the candida, is it? And, and the vaccine no, one? But it seems to help with the candida. That's interesting. Yeah. And, of course, it is so much easier to go on a so-called candida diet if you're not craving the sugar. Oh, yeah. Any diet if you're not craving the sugar, for sure. So then number four is vaccines. Number five is candida and sugar again because it is so common. Wow. And then number treatment number six, vial number six contains the uh, grains. It also I also have corn in there because it's not a grain, but it's so common. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the other normal habit of the week. I'm sure you have read about the weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, it has, first of all, it has um, a protein that acts as an opiate. So people are really addicted to it. Really? Can you explain that to me a little bit? I never heard that before. Yeah, yeah it is uh, in gliadin. It's, it's in milk too. And then it, there it's called acid in morphine. Morphine, something like that. And it's something similar in wheat. I just don't remember what the word is right now. But that is why people cannot get off of wheat. And the other thing is, apart from the opiate-like thing that happens, it is very hard to digest, even if it would be organic. The third thing, that, the thing is that there's another protein that makes holes in the intestinal lining. And that allows the undigested or partially digested food to go out in the bloodstream, which produces antibodies and then, of course, it produces uh, allergies. So I think that's one of the reasons that um, there are so many allergies. Mm. So people say, oh, I can't eat anything. I'm allergic to everything. It's kind of common. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Um, my daughter was diagnosed with a lot of food allergies early on and currently still, I don't want to say suffers because we've got them under control. We are doing a sublingual drop, but I'm very curious about these kits because I had never thought of it from the laser side of things. So I've got my mind's kind of reeling as you're talking about this. But um, people who have dealt either with food allergies or have had a lot of lot of um, heavy toxins throughout their life and the vaccines, um, someone older, could they try this now and find benefits? Absolutely. Okay. Is there anybody who wouldn't benefit from from these kits that you could think of? No, it's only people who are extremely sensitive to, for example seafood or peanuts. See, that's my daughter. She's got the seafood. But that's where I really, really want people to be aware that they have to be very, very careful and not just say, okay, they're cleared. Mm -hmm. So first of all, they have to be treated through a surrogate so that we have a thing going on. And uh, I really suggest that, that they don't eat it. Yeah. You know, some people, they can get sick and die just from having a, a peanut on, on a plate where they, they don't even eat the peanut. Right. That's what sent my daughter to the hospital. <laughs> it, it wasn't a peanut, but it was a carrot and she didn't even have it. It was mixed in and we pulled them to the side and because it had touched the food, she went into yes. the full. Yeah. It was like a frozen carrot that never even touched her body. So that, what happens is that if that happens, they won't have the reaction. And I know some people, they have started to eat seafood. I don't know how much they reacted. I can't say that because I don't know if they would die if they had. Yeah, of course. Or if they just got sick. But I know, I know people who, who have started to eat them. But I recommend. No, I think avoidance is the best in that. Yeah. <laughs> in that. I'm not going to push people to try it a little risky yeah, yeah. yeah. and if they try it they have to have an epic pen next to yeah them. yeah we started to talk about the emotional health side of things and I want to go into that a little bit more what are some of the I'm trying to think of the correct words here of how I want to say this help me out Leanne um <laughs> well can I yeah can I ahead. you go ahead okay okay 
Um, it's kind of on the same line because you touched on how the bacteria in your gut can translate into depression. Thank you. Um, what, what is, what is that connection? Yeah. So that is a big, big connection that when you have allergies and also I maybe should touch on the glyphosate, which, uh, if you don't eat organic, even though glyphosate is all over, but it's less in organic food. What it does, it inhibits, it's a pathway called uh, shikamet, I think it is, shikamet pathway, where bacteria and enzymes have to travel into the digestive system to do its job, and it can't do that. So that's another thing why you get an inflamed digestive system. And then we have the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that goes from the brain all the way down directly into the digestive system. So that's why it's a constant communication between the brain and the uh, intestines. For example, people who have a head injury, all of them get problems with their stomach, their digestion. Because the vagus nerve has been damaged? Yes. Wow. And uh, when people have a digestive problem, it goes up to the, to the brain. So when people are depressed, and they go to the shrink and they get pills. They are looking in the wrong place because over 90%, like 90 something percent of the serotonin is produced in the gut, not in the head. And of the dopamine, 50% is produced in the gut. So it's wrong. It's not, you know, they should try to work on the digestive system instead of working on, on pills on the head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you're saying that the inflamed gut would travel up through the vagus nerve into the brain and that would result in some kind of depression or mood disorder? Yeah. Cognitive function kind of gets cloudy, I think. Yeah. And the gut's not right. It travels through bacteria. And it's a very interesting system. There's a lot to learn about. It. Yeah, it's not a stop. I read a book about the vagus nerve recently because I, I, I didn't know what it did. I knew that it communicated to your stomach. I didn't know anything else. And so after this book, I realized it's like an entire highway that goes into every part of your body. Everywhere. It's unbelievable. And so people talk about the mind. And it goes back and forth. Well, and, but it's funny though, because you hear about the mind-body connection and it sounds so woo-woo, but we have like a physical, literal thing within us that is like the highway of communication. I think that's, so like it exists. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is so hard to wake people up. I'm trying, you know, I have patients that I say, well, you have to stop eating wheat. <laughs> Don't take my, anyway, and what about my pizza? And, uh. I say, well, I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but meanwhile, on TV, you know, Cheerios is heart healthy breakfast. And it's just like we've gone so far in the wrong direction that you tell someone something as simple as don't eat wheat. And they're just like, no, I, I can't do it. I can't imagine life without it. Yeah. yeah. And that's also where the allergy kit comes in because it does help with the cravings. Mm -hmm. So it also helps with weight. Yeah. Because if you keep eating, when people keep eating the same thing that makes them fat, and then they think that maybe going on 800 calorie food for a month and then lose some weight will help. 
but as soon as they start to eat normally, then they gain it all back. I do personal training and that is my, my constant message every day to people. And it's hard because people seem to work off of motivation. So they come into the gym and they're so excited and they're ready and they do want to change everything and they want to work out every day and, you know, eat the 800 calories a day and they want to see the fast results, but it's not sustainable. No, it's not. It's just a loop. If they don't stop with the eating habits, they will never, it doesn't matter how much exercise they do. Yeah. Yeah. They can healthier maybe, but. Uh, Let's talk about your book. How did you come up with the concept for your book? Yeah, it was that, it was that same thing when I was treating kids and also seeing it's not only autism, it's also ADD and ADHD, for example, which I have very good results with. And I, well, like we can take the first patient I had with a red snake, gummy snake bread, food coloring that they're all allergic to, and sugar. So many people, they don't, they don't know, they don't, they don't understand that the, for example, the bad behavior, so-called, it's an allergic reaction. It's not, doesn't have anything to do with behavior. It might in a certain way, because I can understand that parents give in and say, okay, because they're so tired. Yeah. I can understand that. So that's why I wrote the book that they can get tips and get ideas of what is affecting them. For example, I I went to Sweden a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, and um, it must have been three because the book came out in 18. And um, I brought books for my family. And of course, nobody read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've had that discussion, too. <laughs> We're meant to support you in that way. <laughs> yeah. But one person, it was the, the girlfriend of my nephew. She, she's in her 30s. And uh, she read the book and she said, that book saved my life. She had no clue she was on the spectrum. So uh, by changing her diet, she changed her life. Wow. By understanding why she reacted like she did, and nobody thought about her. She's a, a popular singer in, in Sweden. And uh, I guess they accept that they are eccentric when they are known. <laughs> so, um, but that's what she said. When are you coming out with the next book? <laughs> oh, that's a good sign. So, do you have the belief that you could treat autism in these? spectrum disorders through you know, I, I cannot say that okay lose my license first of all oh, okay <laughs> sorry and autism and spectrum disorders they are whole body disorders mm. and i don't know why some kids get autism i think they already have maybe it's genes maybe who knows what and i think the um, vaccinations often are the trigger so if they are sensitive and then they give the vaccination so darn early that there is no brain barrier developed i think that's one of the biggest things if if they want to vaccinate their kids wait until they are four or five years old mm-hmm. but i mean here nobody can ask me so yeah <laughs> 
the, remind me, is it vial five that's the vaccine around there? Four. Four? Okay. So when they're taking that, and I'm sorry, I keep going back to these, so I just really, truly want to understand it. So they get from vial one to vial four, and they're ready to start eliminating the, is it like the shedding of the vaccine, essentially, the toxins that come, like, that's what I'm trying to understand how it leads. It has to do with the energy. Okay. It's still still the same thing. It's the energy of the the vaccine. That stays in the body and inhibits it to act a certain way. Yes, because I've had grown-ups who have felt a difference after the vaccine. Yeah. And uh, some people also feel they get the vaccine and they never feel the same again. Even if it's not, they forget about it because they get used to it and it's not that bad, but there's something happens. Yeah. And so with the kids on the spectrum, I don't know why, but they all have allergies. They all have bad digestive systems. That's interesting. So I don't say that I cure autism in any way, shape, or form, but the allergy kid, and if they follow instructions on what to do and what to avoid, at least they get their digestive system in, in order. And their, their um, attitude, their behavior gets better. Because when they have a temper tantrum, it is because they have an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to remember. I don't think I've ever looked at it that way before. Yeah. So for example, it can happen that parents, they say, oh, yes, uh, Peter, you have behaved so good this whole week. Let's go to the pizza parlor. And then I don't understand why the kid has a temper tantrum. And everybody's looking at the parents and the kids and say, how can they uh, shouldn't have kids? It's not their fault. Yeah, there's a lot of judgment that comes with it, for sure. It's interesting, um, though, because it sounds like these kits kind of help clear up the accidents on your highway that allows the brain and head to connect. And I think that that's like, that's how I'm able to piece it together. What these kits can really do for people is it does help the flow and the connection within your body, be able to, to eliminate that and, and move forward, or at least have a good foundation and baseline to then maybe add in new things or, or find healthy ways to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are like canaries in the, in the minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very sensitive. And I had one, probably, I don't remember, three years ago, a mother who bought the kit. She was a special ed teacher. Mm -hmm. Her kid was eight years old, and he lived in anger. He would uh, run after his parents with knives or scissors. The whole house was hacked up. She She took him to the kinder to have him, you know, participate in something as soon as it was something that he didn't want to or, or he, he got frustrated they had to carry him off kicking and screaming yeah and she started to do the kids and he pretty soon after i don't remember when maybe the third maybe the fourth treatment he calmed down and a little further down the road he said one day to his mother i feel as if i have been in an underground tunnel and now i'm coming out uh. Wow. They know. They know when they feel better. That is what I've always thought. I've always felt that, that it is something, that's why they hit their heads or they 
cut themselves or it's because they try to get out of their own skin. They don't understand what's happening. Wow. Nobody else does either. I get emotional. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like they're coping mechanisms, but they don't even have like a good basis to form those on. And it's just, it's not their fault. It's mm-hmm. not, their, not fault. their fault. It's not that the parents Right. It's all the different factors of environment, of food, of, of all those things. Well, it's, it's just kind of crazy because it's hard enough just to get people to admit to the fact that what you eat translates directly into your BMI. Like people are like, no, I, I'm obese because my family is obese and it's genetics. Like then to make that other jump and say, oh, I'm depressed because of what I'm eating. I feel like people have so much learning to do and accepting to do and taking responsibility to do before they can even get to a point where they're willing to, you know, give up what they're eating or get uncomfortable in any way, go work out just to feel better. And I don't know, I just feel like it's a long haul. How do we wake them up? How do we wake them up? Yeah. We're trying. We're trying to show them that (laughs) conversations and options are available and that it's personal responsibility to want to be better because at some point, that's what it always comes back to, right? Is that personal responsibility. You have to make that decision that you want better for yourself and that you want to do something different and that the status quo isn't going to suit you anymore. And I think that's when people start to try new things or hear this conversation and say, Hey, it's worth a shot and then try it and have success. I mean, that's exciting to me. That's why we love talking to people like yourself who are making options and, and things available for people to get better and and live a healthy life. So thank you again for just, you know, doing what you do. It's very, very important work. Yeah. I did have one more question because I know that right now, like we're talking about vaccines, we're talking about you know, the immune system and and it's all the rage seems to be in every conversation, but what are some ways that we can improve our immune systems non-invasively? That is another thing. Uh, People, unfortunately, they think when they have the vaccine, which is uh, just an experimental drug, Mm -hmm. they think they're safe and they don't do anything. And uh, we see now so many people who are fully vaccinated who are getting COVID. Right. And if you have, if you keep your immune system strong, what we can do is the vitamin D, D3 with A2, vitamin C, maybe vitamin C with quercetin, vitamin B is very important, zinc is important. These are kind of the bases where you really should add up. First of all, check your vitamin D level. People, they are in their 20s and 30s that have levels and that is when they are really in the risk zone. I had one patient the other day who had her test, had it tested, never got, they never told her what it was, it was low. So for a doctor to say it was low, it's probably in the 20s. And then he gave her prescribed, I mean vitamin D is not a prescription. Right. He prescribed her some kind of vitamin D to take once a week. The heavy, heavy dose. I've been prescribed that. Well, that was not even a heavy dose. Oh, okay. So it wasn't enough? No, I don't think anybody, because I think everybody is, is low. And now we're going into winter. I mean, down here, everybody uses sunscreen. I don't, but if to, to really fully absorb the vitamin D from the sun, you need to run around naked for 20 minutes. Yeah. Wow. I uh, haven't tried that one yet. 
<laughs> Adds to weekend plans. <laughs> so it's very important, first of all, to test your vitamin D levels and know that the optimal level is between 70 and 100. Okay. So, and they say it's so dangerous to take too much. I've never seen anybody who takes too much. So take 40,000 units for a couple of weeks first to boost the system after you know what your level is and regulate it. If it is in the 20s, yeah, take 40,000 for two weeks or three weeks and then maybe take 30,000 for another couple of weeks and eventually test it. And then you know what level you, where you will maintain, maintain it, but uh, you have to take it all the time. Mm -hmm. And would you have to like ask the doctor specifically to test for your vitamin D level? Yes. Or you can go to, you can go to Quest or something. It's not, I don't think you need a prescription. I'm quite sure you don't, don't need a prescription. Okay. And I don't know why they don't test it more often. Yeah. That's really unfortunate, especially if it's such a depletion from everyone. You know, you think that that would be the main thing that they would try to treat. Yes. Wow. We don't even talk about it. It's not being talked about in mainstream. No, no, no. I want to ask you before we kind of wind down this conversation, what are your hopes for the allergy kit? What would you like it to become? Where would you like to see it? What are your kind of goals for your business? I would like to become a, a household name. Yes. I am looking for affiliates, for example. Nutritionists who, who treat people, it would be so much easier for them instead of when they treat people, oh, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, do the allergy kit, you know. So they just send them to their website where they have the banner for the allergy kit and uh, recommend it for them. And then they see what happens. I mean, they can really make a good food choice so people don't have to stay away from all the things. Mm -hmm. And often they don't know, people don't know what they're allergic to. Right. And and for example, they create with smoothies, with green smoothies, and they put a ton of spinach and kale, and, and then they what you blend that up, and they don't understand why they don't feel good. Probably allergic to, ox to oxalates. Interesting. Very common. And the kids on the spectrum are, are very often on their own allergies to oxalates. Say with almonds also, almond milk, well, that also has a lot of uh, oxalates. I have a client who's allergic to almonds. Yep. So I thought that was so odd. So it's oxalates? Oxalates in the almonds, yes. Okay. So ask if he is also allergic to uh, how he feels when he eats spinach and kale. He may not even want to eat it. I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, just so that I make sure I'm understanding correctly, your kits, do they test to show you what you are allergic to and help you know? You just do it because it's just a complication to test it because they're all allergic to the same things. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the, in the basics. And then some people have more uh, environmental allergies. Other has more food. Yours is just the full thing. Yeah. Get everything out of there. Fix it on a cellular level. Interesting. Kids, they get ear infections all the time. Most of the time, it's an allergy to milk. Okay. Can you explain that? No. <laughs> no. I can't. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just that connection. 
it's just something with the mucus and, and the eardrums. And I really don't know how it works. But I had, for example, a little girl. She was three years old. She did not grow. She had ear infections, got antibiotics. Then two weeks later, she had a strep throat, got antibiotics. And that went on and on. So I treated her for only milk to start with. And never had an ear infection, as far as I know, never had an ear infection again. Wow. wow. So that poor thing really had her digestive system destroyed with the antibiotic. Yeah. And that is so many kids. And that's another thing that adds to everything, to autism, to, to being sick, to everything with the antibiotics. Well, I remember I I was prone to UTIs for a little while and my doctor, they would put me on antibiotics, but never tell me to take a probiotic. I had to read it in a book. And then I was learning that the antibiotics could be causing the imbalance. Yeah. And that's something that has surprised me since I came to this country, that they prescribe all these antibiotics and never tell them to have a probiotics for them. Yeah. Uh, in Sweden, when I was a kid, then they told me you have to have whatever they prescribe for, I think it was uh, probably milk, but it was homemade milk with bacteria because the other, uh, really when you eat these yogurts with bacteria, it's uh, pasteurized milk, so they don't survive. And then it's loaded with sugar too. Yogurt's like the worst. If you eat that kind of, uh, yes. So, but, Having uh, fermented foods is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of good options. Okay. I've got so much to think about. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us and for being the type of person that, you know, gets to the source and not just the symptom. That means a lot to both Leanne and I. We're always looking for people that are doing that sort of work and giving people options. So again, just thank you so much for coming and contributing your voice to HTC. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Inga. Thank you. Thank you both. This was very nice. Yes. Very nice. Very good. <laughs>